The following program contains elements of programming that are previously recorded and may appear as live. Welcome to Hope Reigns, a show brought to you by Eight Days of Hope, where we share God-sized stories from the mission field all around the country. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Tiber and Mike Fiella. Well, good morning or good afternoon on the East Coast and welcome to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. My name is Steve Tiber. Uh, I've been a part of Eight Days of Hope since day one, hanging out with my dear friend who I've known for a long, long, long time, Mr. Mike Fiella. Define long, Mike. What does long mean? Long means we're getting, no, we're not getting old. No. <laughs> we get, well, no, back in Western New York before you moved yes. to Tupelo, we met uh, at a you were at going to a church called New Covenant. Yes, that's my right. My daughter, actually my daughter, was in the youth group that you were overseeing. Oh my and gosh. thank you because she's a wreck now. No, I'm kidding. Nah, she's no, a wreck. She, no, she's, she, she learned, she t- talks about you so often, oh, even today. Oh, you're so sweet. So you made a great impact on her. But we went back from the Western New York. Of course, Kingdom Mountain has been our connection. Yes. We strengthened our friendship. When you moved to Tupelo, you've invited me down there to help right. worship in your church. That's you right. housed me. And st- I, I'm d- d- dubbed as Uncle Mike in your family. Oh, Oh, I know. I'm thinking it's about 28, 29 years, Mike. Sure. It's been a long time. Yeah. I gave my heart to the Lord in 1993, so it would have been right around then that I would have met you for the first time. I remember going to Kingdom Bound, which is a Christian music festival in 91 or 92, and going to the worship area. I didn't know the Jesus. You might not even know this, and you were leading worship. I, re- okay. I just remembered that the other day. <laughs> As you age, all of a sudden, memory comes to you. Yeah. You just got to remember, is that true or is that not true? Did I make that up? Did I dream about that? But no, that- Well, I always that, think, that is that it part. a good memory or a bad it, memory? It, it was a great memory. Hey, Welcome to Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. We share God's side stories from the mission field, and today you don't want to miss. You don't want to change a dial. You want That's to right. set t- some time apart, because today, as we enter into 2021, Eight Days of Hope, which is known around the country as a ministry that helps those affected by natural disasters. Well, a year ago, Mike, we started a new arm of the ministry, yes. where we renovate or build facilities around the country to bring hope to those rescued from sex oh, trafficking. Yes, yes. I mean, sex traffic. It's not a fun topic to talk about. I get it. I mean, I really do. I mean, I've 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 two teenage daughters still mm-hmm. at home, and I understand the complexity of of talking about a topic like this. So, if you're driving in the car, or if you have the radio on at home, or you're listening on on, on the website, if you have kids in the background, we're not going to cross any lines today. I promise. Right. It's not going to be uncomfortable. However. We're going to do all we can, Mike, to educate the listener the, of, about the fastest growing crime in the world, sex trafficking. Well, give us some education as far as, and Steve, I appreciate it. You know numbers. What are the numbers that this is happening in our cities across our country? Because everybody thinks it's some other country or some other place that this is going down in. Where is it happening, yeah. and what are some of the numbers? You know, last year our, when we launched this ministry, we partnered with an, an organization called Elijah Rising, and Micah Gamboa, the executive director, she's our guest today, so she's mm-hmm. going to be coming in a couple of minutes. Okay. But as I learned more about the need for uh, these facilities and these ministries that are trying to help those who are rescued from sex trafficking, my eyes, I mean, they just bulged out, Mike, okay. because you know, today, today, while you're listening, somewhere in Texas, in Iowa, in New York, in California, 79,000 children will be trafficked. 79,000. And think about this, Mike. 
you know, you and I, we love football, and, and mm-hmm. we both happen to like the same team, right? The <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Yes, so be we praying do. for us because they're playing later today, some of our friends in, in Indianapolis. But think about the stadiums that we fill in our country, regardless if it's the Kansas City Chiefs or uh, the New Orleans Saints or the sure. Nashville Titans uh, or the Buffalo Bills or your favorite college team, Iowa mm. Hawkeyes. Fill a stadium. That's how many people, children, are going to be trafficked today in America. And how do we as a church ignore that? And it's not just in New York City or Houston or Miami. It's in, well, we're going to be interviewing somebody from Tupelo that's going to, in, in the days that come here. Yeah. That, um, that's happening in, in communities like that and smaller communities also. Mike, this is Erie, Pennsylvania. It's Des Moines, Iowa. It's Wichita, Kansas. Um, it is from coast to coast. And, you know, this is something that the church, I believe, Mike, needs to lead not only the prevention right. part right. of it, but also the recovery part of it. Mm-hmm. And so Eight Days of Hope, what we do is, yes, we build homes for those in need who don't have insurance, didn't have the right insurance after natural disasters. But God clearly showed Eight Days of Hope mm-hmm. that we were to take skilled volunteers and less skilled volunteers around the country to serve ministries well, that sure. are providing hope for those rescued from trafficking. Sure. And and what you're going to hear today from Micah, and she's amazing. Mm. Oh my gosh. She is one of my favorite people <laughs> in the world. She's got yeah. a heart for the brokenhearted. And she operates a ministry called Elijah Rising in Houston, Texas. And one of the things they do, Mike, is is they try to educate because it mm. starts with education. That's right. And so they offer something called a van tour. And I'm not going to tell you, the listeners, too much information about this, but they take people like you and I who knew very little about this, mm-hmm. and, and they educate you over a three-hour period in Houston oh, That's it, yeah. as you drive around the city in a van. And I'm telling you, Mike, I've talked to people who've been on that tour. Mm. They're changed forever. They can't ignore what they just saw. That's hands-on. That is hands-on. Sitting in a van, now I haven't been there. I've got to get there, Steve. Maybe we can go down someday. You do. But, you know... Yeah. That's hands-on, placing people in the van and showing them the areas and educating what's going on. How could you not be involved? How could you not want to go home and get your church stirred about it? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I really think that we, uh, you know, not purposely, but we have our blinders on. We don't want to understand what we see. Think about this. Think about the cities that you and I have traveled around the country. I've traveled in the corporate world. I've traveled, I think there's two states I haven't been to, right? And I'm going to hit one of them this year, South Dakota, with another safe house for those rescued. More on that down the road. But think about those strip malls that you walk by and you see a massage parlor. Okay. And it's not the, you know, the massage envy types where it's therapeutic massage, but it's, it's, it's happening all around the country. And we put our blinders on. We act like we don't understand or want to know what's going on in those facilities. And we need to do all we can with the influence that God has given us with politicians, with Mm -hmm. business leaders, with the community, with our friends at church, with the people that we work with, to educate people what's really going on in some of these places, Mike. This is going to be a question I'm sure we can't really, really answer. Why do you think that we're ignoring such a thing that is so just is so devastating to young young our children. Yeah. Our grandchildren. Yeah, it's 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 money, Mike. It's greed, it's lust, it's the things, you know, it's the sins that that oh, that on. that we that we that all of us I mean <laughs> 
none of us have it all figured out. We sure. all struggle with something and, mm-hmm. and maybe some of the two things I just mentioned. But Mike, it's happening from coast to coast. And Mike is going to share with the listeners today what they're doing in Houston, Texas. And maybe you don't know of a ministry in your area that is that is trying to find a way help those in need. We're going to try to educate you today. And we're going to give you a chance to be a difference maker. Sure. Get involved with with what you hear. I mean, I, I didn't mean to interrupt no, no, you, but, but that we always say this is where the church can, must, and will step up. Will make a big difference. Well, I'm going to challenge you today. If you're a pastor, you sit on a church's staff, and you're listening today. Um, it's time that we start addressing this problem from the pulpit. Mike. Okay. Yeah. And it's not a fun sermon to listen because it's going to break some people's hearts. Sure. But whatever we can do to bring awareness to what is going on in America mm-hmm. and what Eight Days of Hope plans to do in our small part, but we're going to play sure. a part in this Sure. as we work with other organizations, more on that later today, but as we work with the refuge in Austin, Texas, as we, as we work with Not Today uh, in Indianapolis with Frank and Linda Reich, Frank coaches the Colts, his wife Linda, as we partner with Micah Gamboa from Elijah Rising, as mm-hmm. we partner with David Ball Transformation Garden in Tupelo, Mississippi, as we find ways to connect the dots, this is the time for the church that's to right. get off the sidelines and make a difference. The need is huge. That's right. And, and let me, com, coming from, I've been a pastor in, in, in the church for uh, a good number of years. Think about this. When we hesitate, if we hesitate, there could be somebody sitting in your pews that it's either happened to, yeah. about to happen to. And I'm not saying take over your whole service and, and, and you can do this with passion. You can do this with information and you can do this with challenge that we can do this. It's a kind of a responsibility, really. So pastors, educate your congregation on the problem. And if you need help with that, contact us at info at 8daysofhope.com. We'll give you some startling uh, reports that will, I mean, they will. They will shake you to the bone a little bit, but, but you'll understand the depthness of the problem. Secondly, is look at God's word of what he, how he instructs us through his word to respond to this sin and what we can do. Mike, yep. a lot of this goes back to pornography. That's right. I mean, pornography is rampant in America. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's got a smartphone. We're all one click away from seeing things sure. that we don't want to look at, that mm-hmm. we don't want our kids, our grandkids to look at. Sure. I mean, you know, and there's some great filters out there. So, mm. you know, educate the congregation, share God's word of where he's calling us to, to avoid these traps. And then thirdly, Look at ways to partner with ministries like Eight Days of Hope. Maybe you're an electrician. Maybe you're a plumber. Maybe you know how to do roofing or you know how to paint. We need your help. Just email us at safehouse, safehouse at eightdaysofhope.com and say, hey, put me in your database. I'm good with my hands. I'm a handy woman. I know how to paint. I'm a handyman. I know how to do carpentry. Just tell us that you're willing to come travel once a year with us. Mm. We plan this year, Mike, to do multiple facilities in multiple states. We're going to be doing one in Mississippi in February. We're going to be doing one in South Dakota later in the year. We're going to be doing another one on the East Coast. So all across the country, the need is real, and we need to be a part of the solution. Think about this for a minute, Steve, or think about this for a minute, electrician. Think about this for a minute, plumber. Think about this for a minute, drywall person. Those skills are awesome. Those skills are being used and can be used to rescue or help those that have been rescued. Think about that. 
that you're fixing a facility and you're using your skills that's going to help some young lady come out of sex trafficking. And what a legacy for you as a contractor or as a handyman, handywoman to have. You know, go to our YouTube channel, Eight Days of Hope, and one of our last uploaded videos we filmed, it's, it's a longer video. I think it's like eight or nine minutes, but it shows you our latest project in Indianapolis where we partner with Frank Reich. He coaches the Colts. They're coming to Buffalo today, oh, Mike, to play yeah. the Bills. Yep. Uh, I love my friend Mike, but I love the Bills more. But anyway, no, I, <laughs> I, I love them both equally, but I am rude for the Bills. But anyways, right. um, watch what God did over about 17-day period on the 17,000-square-foot facility. Incredible. Incredible. I mean, it was totally gutted and rebuilt for free, $800,000 of work. And today, Mike, today, this mm-hmm. afternoon, Children are in that facility being ministered to. Mm. They've been rescued from trafficking, and they've done it. They were able to do this because people prayed for the Ministry of Eight Days Hope. They volunteered, and they donated to help us do what we do. Now, say that number again. I know 17,000 square feet. Seven, How much? $800,000 of work was done in 17 000. days. Oh, my. For free. For free. And, and, and when you watch the video, there's some frames that they do the fast videoing. Sure. What do you, what do you call that? Fast forward. Yeah. They're, <laughs> well, <laughs> it's high speed. It's, high speed. it's Mike Fiala on five cups of coffee. <laughs> uh, and, and wait till you see what these volunteers did. They did an amazing job. Check it out on the website. I've I, I've actually gone back there yeah, many times just to, just to see it because it's so exciting to see what God is doing. Amen. Uh, Amen. Well, welcome to Hope Reigns. Steve Tiber with Mike Fiel. When we come back from our break, you don't want to miss us. You want to contact your friends that you know that might be interested in this arm of the Ministry of 80s of Hope. We're going to be talking to Micah Gambo. She's the executive director of Elijah Rising. Go to ElijahRising.org for more information. But when we come back, get ready, church. There's an opportunity for you coming in 2021 to, um, to make a difference for decades to come. You're listening to Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Eight Days of Hope thanks Provia for their support. Provia is a manufacturer of residential exterior building products. Provia combines automation with human craftsmanship in creating their doors, windows, siding, stone, and metal roofing. More information about the variety of products is available at Provia.com. That's P-R-O-V-I-A.com. Here's Steve Tiber, president of Eight Days of Hope. Eight Days of Hope exists to love and serve those in need. Over the past 15 years, over 40,000 volunteers have served over 7,000 families after natural disasters. We've also renovated and rebuilt facilities to bring hope and healing to those rescued from sex trafficking. At Eight Days of Hope, we travel coast to coast in the name of Jesus to minister to the brokenhearted. For more information, as always, please visit our website, 8daysofhope.com. Eight Days of Hope is now located in three different areas around the country. Our national headquarters is located in Tupelo, Mississippi. Our Northeast satellite is in Buffalo, New York, and our Midwest satellite just opened up in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. God has provided three facilities for us to respond on a moment's notice to love and serve those in need. We would love to add additional monthly partners as we continue to grow. If you're interested in supporting 8 Days of Hope, please click on the Donate tab on our website at 8daysofhope.com. Please consider supporting 8 Days of Hope today.
Well, welcome back to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. The number eight in the Bible means new beginnings, and what Eight Days of Hope tries to do, by the way, my name is Steve, hanging out with Mike Fiella. <laughs> uh, what we try to do is we try to bring a new beginning to those who have had major damage because of a natural disaster. That's where it started. Last year, Mike, we mm-hmm. started a new arm of the ministry yep. where we serve ministries, uh, nonprofits that are bringing hope to the hopeless, mm-hmm. people feeling hopeless. Those who've been rescued from sex trafficking, right. and our first project ever was with Elijah Rising. Mm. And Mike, as I told you earlier, one of my most favorite people from coast to coast. And, and, that, I, yeah. and I don't have hundreds, I've only got a, you know probably a dozen or two. But how do you not love Micah Gamboa? Micah, good morning. How are you, my friend? <laughs> I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. You mean so much to the Ministry of Eight Days of Hope because our first facility that we renovated in the country was in Houston, Texas with Elijah Rising. And mm-hmm. oh my gosh, what great memories. And we're going to get there eventually, but I know the listeners want to know a little bit more about Micah, who you are as a person, born and raised, where you live now, and then we'll we'll kind of bridge it over to the um, the sex trafficking part. So tell the listeners who Micah is and um, mm-hmm. how you got to be where you're at. Yeah, absolutely. So I am um, not a native Texan, but I moved here when I was a child, so I I consider myself one. Um, I kind of grew up in the Houston Metroplex, um, here and there and everywhere, and so um, have the privilege to also serve now the Houston area. So we have obviously a nonprofit that fights uh, trafficking, and that we are located, we're grassroots, we're local, um, really trying to, to... dig into this community and serve the needs of this community. So I, I think it's a privilege, it's an honor, um, and every day I get to see the impact of what God is doing in my hometown. So, Mike, let me ask, what first awareness or stirred your heart to, to even start going down this path? Yeah, you know, I was working in the... Um, uh, I was working with, or working with, I was volunteering with a abortion clinic, uh, sorry, uh, crisis pregnancy clinic, so okay. in the abortion kind of issue, right? Um, sure. And that was really stirring my heart. That I didn't know about sex trafficking at that time, so it, it couldn't stir my heart because I hadn't heard about it. Mm-hmm. And so I was um, volunteering there for a long time, and what I didn't realize is that every day when I would drive into that clinic, um, I would pass several brothels. Um, oh, wow operational brothels. (laughs) Literally, there was a story done in Texas Monthly about a woman who was trafficked in from Thailand in this same brothel that I would pass every single day, you know, and I I had no idea, right? And so most of our our, um, citizens in Houston have no idea either because they just think, oh, that's like a shady business. It just kind of looks dirty, you know, or what have you. Um, not realizing there's actually women, sometimes children in there, who are being exploited and mm. um, trafficked. And so, really, I heard about it by, I was doing a Google search. I mean, I was online, like, reading blogs from another organization, and that's how I found out about sex trafficking, um, which was kind of a crazy situation, and it was a it was a, a mundane day, right? But mm-hmm. it was a moment in time where the Holy Spirit sovereignly interrupted my day. Mm. Um, and I just fell on my knees sobbing, like, in intercession. Yes. And so it was like this real sovereign moment mm. um, that marked me. And so after that, I 
I don't know about y'all, but I get like angry. <laughs> like, no, sure. not oh, in my city, you know, this cannot go on. And I have a responsibility to act. And so that's really where I started. Um, that was 2010. Mm. So, and at that time, there really wasn't anything going on in Houston. So, hmm. so what were your, I mean, I, first of all, yes, I can see how that whole thing transpired and moved your heart and you did the research. Yeah. And the anger and then the, but what were, to, to really see it, what were the steps, the first steps, right. steps that you mm-hmm. had to take to, to start combating that? Yes. So there wasn't, um, I think there was only two organizations at that time. And so I started volunteering for one, um, doing little, little things like bringing a hot meal to the ladies. I mean, okay. so simple, you know. Um, I took that step. I started coming to another, or, like another group. It wasn't even an organization. It was actually what I didn't realize is it was the group that would become Elijah Rising. Um, but it was just a prayer meeting. And so I just, I did the only thing that I knew how to do. And I started to pray with these people who were strangers who then became family, you know? Um, and so several months of just doing those little actions, those little steps, um, taking whatever steps I could do to help here and help there, um, really paved the way to give me a place in this movement. And so I just started bringing my skills. Um, I have like a little bit of a business background, more of an administrative kind of background mindset. And so I started helping administrate this, this quote unquote movement, you know, in the city. And that's really where I found my place. And then um, that prayer meeting turned into um, awareness activities through a van tour. And it turned into intervention and outreach on the streets. And then it turned into what would become aftercare in the long term. So um, I just, you know, I always tell people, like, just do the little things, like, just do the stuff in front of you, be faithful in that, and and in that level of humility and faithfulness, you will find your place in whatever movement you're moving into. You know what I love she just said, Mike, the little things, and that's how it started with her, bringing a meal. You know, sometimes we, as people, feel like we've got to come up with a solution and fix the sure. problem. If we can't, why even spend any time on it? But, you know, it's bringing a glass of water to someone who's thirsty. Mm-hmm. It's about bringing a meal to someone who's hungry. It's about, you know, washing a blanket for the homeless person that sure. lives in yeah. in your area of, of around the country and, and bringing it back to that person two hours later. It's those little things. And those little things mm-hmm. sometimes lead to bigger opportunities to to make a difference and that's what happened with micah sure well when you're bringing somebody a a, a cup of water let's let's say it that way there's conversation there there's connection there and then 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 that that's where the water starts it the conversation continues it and then you go from there these van tours, and I, I don't want to jump around because I do, I do. You know what? Let's we'll come back to the van tours. I won't jump around. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about Elijah Rising. So Elijah Rising in Houston. Um, there's two things I'd like you to share about. I'd like you to share a little bit about what your what 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 is the plan to bring hope to those who've been rescued, and uh, what what you're currently doing. And then I do want to talk a little bit more about the van tours uh, that you're doing. Uh, excuse me. Uh, as well as the museum that you have in Houston. Because every time I told Mike earlier today uh, on the beginning segment, which you didn't hear yet, um, we, you know, I've been through that museum three times. And every time I go through it, Micah, I can't even speak. I mean, I can't even talk. I mean, just thinking about some of the pictures I saw as I walk through that, that museum in Houston, 
I mean, it numbed me. It numbed mm. me that I'm, I'm 60 years of age, and for 59 years I had my blinders on, and I didn't realize mm. the depthness of this problem. Sure. And, and I think I'm a smart guy. Maybe I am, maybe I'm not. But how did I miss it for 59 years? So let's go back to Elijah Rising. Let's talk a little bit in the beginning about that part before we get to the, uh, to the mm-hmm. museum. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we kind of talk about Elijah Rising being a bridge. Um, we are a bridge to those individuals who are trapped in the issue of sex trafficking, um, and that's such nice language, right? I mean, they're they're in their exploitation. They're being abused. They're being exploited right now. And so we exist to reach out to them in their exploitation, in their trauma, and provide a way, should they take it, you know, to exit or escape. Um, and then we also are a bridge to the community, and what that community tends to look like is the church, <laughs> um, but it's not always. So we like to build on-ramps for people to understand how they can get involved, because I don't think, I mean, unless you're some kind of callous, you know, <laughs> person, like, there, not many people want to turn a blind eye to this. Um, so when they do become aware, it's like, well, what do I do now? Like, how do I move forward with this? And so... We want to help people to understand what those little or big things are so they can get involved and make a real lasting impact. And so uh, we do that in a number of ways. You know, I, we have four main pillars. We start with prayer, mm-hmm. and then we do um, the awareness piece, which are the van tours in the museum. I mean, you can't fight something that you're not aware of. Um, and then we do intervention, which is just a fancy name for outreach. We do a lot of outreach across the city. That's really how we started in prayer and in outreach. And then our final piece, our finer, final most recent pillar that we're really excited about is restoration. And um, so we have a campus or we have a, a 24-7, 365 um, home of restoration for women who have survived sex trafficking. And we're walking alongside them in a number of ways to help build a successful independent life in the future. Mm. Mike, I know you've seen the video, but if you go to YouTube and go to 8 Days of Hope, go to our channel, our Safe House Construction Ministry video, which was filmed a year ago, December. Uh, you'll see Micah uh, on that video, as well as um, a young lady who is very brave and wanting to share her story of what Elijah Rising means to her. Mm-hmm. And that video, uh, Micah, has, you know, wherever I go and I talk about what God is allowing ATs to be a part of, I show that video because not not only it, it gives a good uh, visual story of what Elijah Rise is doing, but they hear and sense your heart, and then equally they sense the heartbeat of the young lady that shares her story as well. And it's riveting. It really is riveting. Mm-hmm. So these two two facilities in Houston, Texas, um, you talked a little bit about it all starts with prayer, Mike. Right? Yeah. Every time we That's interview it. someone, it always starts That's with it. prayer. Prayer awareness. And then the um, intervention. intervention and restoration. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the awareness part, because one of the things we talked about in the opening segment is how do churches, how do pastors um, share with their church the depthness of this problem in America? How wh- mm-hmm. Coach a pastor out there right now listening or someone on a ministry team, help us in that awareness part. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, um, I think... There's a little bit of a misservice that's been done to this issue, um, by myself included at times, you know, um, by just sharing the depth 
midst of like the depravity and the darkness, um, which in some way needs to, you know, you need to understand how, okay, it's trauma and it's horrible. But I think what doesn't get shared enough is, you know what, but Jesus is not only the solution, but he is the restorer, he is the redeemer, and he is active. And he is active, he is asking his church to be active in this issue now with him in the harvest, you know. So that the other thing I would say is that, you know, no matter your, the size of your church, I can guarantee you that there are individuals in your church pews or seats, you know, who are wanting, hungry to um, combat this issue. Like, they're hungry to get engaged. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so, you know, number one, start with prayer, obviously, right? We know that, but it's sometimes it slips our mind. <laughs> um, sure. And so start with prayer. Ask the Lord where He would have your church enter in. So that's number one. Number two is to start raising awareness in some very um, easy ways. We have amazing documentaries that are not, um, they're they're not, I won't say easy to watch, but they're, but they're not, um, they're not violent. They're, you know, none none, none of those You can put them in on the church Sunday, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can do that, yes. So there's documentaries to watch, or maybe you have a private adult-only screening. You know, there's things like that. Bring in individuals from your community who are combating this issue. You know, there are anti-trafficking groups all across the country. Um, or bring in a speaker from another town. You know, it's, it's usually as simple as that, and that is a great place to get started, um, doing some research, calling folks up and understanding what does the issue look like in your community? Because, you know, Omaha, Nebraska is going to look different than Houston, Texas, but they will share some similarities. Um, And if there's nobody in your town, I want to say this, I don't know how far and why this is going, (laughs) so we'll see what happens. But, I mean, please, you can call us. You know, we can. We have helped groups all across the country, um, literally all across the nation, um, to help get get them mobilized. I I use this term a lot, Mike, on this show. We're better together. Absolutely. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, I remember meeting with um, our friends at Hope Rising, excuse me, Elijah Rising and The Refuge. I met with two individuals from both organizations uh, in Houston. We were trying to determine who would be our first partner, and we would do one in a state, but we wouldn't do two in a state. And when I met with people from both organizations, and I remember going in the parking lot, and I remember calling my wife, and I remember just weeping, just weeping, Mm -hmm. because I heard of the need, and I heard the passion behind you know the John Clarks uh, mm-hmm. who sits on the board of the refuge and as I sat uh, what was the young lady's name from your team that I met with Micah Audrey Audrey oh yeah. my gosh um, just to hear her story and her okay. husband's story of why they're passionate Mike I was convicted mm. so so to mm. your point again my I just didn't understand the door mm-hmm. that God was opening up for the ministry of Eight Days of Hope to come alongside the Elijah Risings of the world, Mike. Mm-hmm. But boy, he showed me clearly the day that day the need. Well, maybe I, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to get out of line here, but I asked Steve the question earlier. So I'm going to ask, uh, Micah, why do you think people don't want to really they turn they turn away from this? That they don't really want to. What's the right? What's they don't the right want thing? to acknowledge that the right, problem is it. is what it is. Yeah, not turn away. They they don't want to. It, it's hard for them to face. Yeah, it is hard for people to face. You know, um, it's hard to face on a daily basis. It's hard sure. to keep facing it, right? Sure. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that I have a great answer for you, but I I think that's what we see across the board, 
right? We see it with people not wanting to to go to the other side of the town, for example, or like, you know, oh, that's not my neighborhood, or I'm not responsible for this issue, or I'm not responsible for this group of people that may be marginalized, or, mm-hmm. you know, like, they're hurting over here. We see that all over in, in, in multiple avenues, the, the foster care industry, the abortion issue, the homelessness issue, drug addiction, you know, so I think that's a human condition, hmm. and okay. that's, I think one reason that we see the church being the ones to spearhead this is that I think it takes a sovereign move to flip, you know, we're, we're lost in our sin, like we're lost in our humanity, and without the compassion of Christ, I don't think it's possible to, to dive into this issue uh, for the long haul at all. Hmm. I also think it's just it's an uncomfortable thing to talk about. Yeah. It is. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah, you meet is. someone for lunch and like, hey, how are you doing? Hey, by the way, if you know, have you heard what's going on with sex trafficking? You're like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah. Sure. You know, it's sure. it's not it's not something easy right. to talk about. I mean, sometimes, Mike, you have seven grandkids. Absolutely. You know, I've talked with you before, and man, you get choked up sometimes thinking. I mean, those who are being trafficked, they're somebody's grandkids. Right. You know, and, and, and this is the time for the church to shine. Mm. Pray, volunteer, donate. ElijahRising.org. ElijahRising.org. They're based in Texas. They're an amazing ministry. Mike is an amazing leader. They're a partner of ours. We helped them in December of last year, November, whatever it was. I mean, I can't remember what happened last week, Mike. But <laughs> I know it was busy. You know, yeah. But but you know, the the renovations those the volunteers did. Let's just spend for a minute before we go to break. So the volunteers of eight days up showed up, Mike. Mike, uh, and I, I only was there for a couple days. They, they don't give me the tools. They don't trust me because they, they want me to go home with all my fingers. But it is amazing what those volunteers accomplished at those facilities it it really is i was um you know you guys came i don't know if you know this steve but y'all came in the middle of a crazy season i think we were Mm. a couple weeks away from gala i think i had like a couple staff members that had either quit or transitioned or you know it was a really rough season (laughs) oh and we had just opened the 24-7 24-7 restorative care. We had only been open That's a right. month. That's right. And so it was, it was, a, <laughs> and so I wasn't there as much as I, I had hoped to be, but I remember walking in day maybe two or three really early on and the entire house was completely gutted. I could see the <laughs> dirt underneath the, the, <laughs> the slab in some places oh, yes. and the sky. I was like, Okay, I am. I trust you. <laughs> you're gonna be done. You're gonna be done in 14 days, right? Yeah, I was like, okay, you have 10 days left. Like, okay, okay, I just need to walk away. Um, but those guys, they were so professional and they were so just gracious and endearing and answered all my questions. And again, I want to say, really reiterate, professional because we have had volunteers come and do the same type of work before. Mm. Let me say that again. Sure. <laughs> we've had sure. construction volunteers come, and we've had these crazy situations where they came and put on half a roof and then left and mm. never came back, oh. you know, and so we didn't have a great taste in our mouth. We were really trusting y'all, um, and you guys not only just worked incredibly hard, but produced something in like this minuscule amount of time that was, I think it's miraculous, and it's beautiful, and it's very high quality, and the beauty of that is when we bring in the women that we serve, they are blown. We've had women walk in the door and like start crying because they had no, they're like, I have never lived in a home like this. I've Mm. never been able to have my own room. Like this is amazing. So I, I think what you guys do is 
I think it needs to be proclaimed from the mountaintop. Oh, you're sweet. I mean, we are you're sweet. such a fan. You're sweet. <laughs> Not just because you, you did it for us, but, um, you know, your service is so, so oh, needed in this country. You. Well, you're sweet. Like Again, Micah Gamboa, the executive director of Elijah Rising. Go to ElijahRising.org uh, if you'd like to come alongside them um, with a donation, with prayer. Uh, they're the real deal. We're going to take a break in a minute, but I'll just very quickly before we go to break, you know, it's interesting to me, Mike, you know, God opened up a door for eight days of hope. We take about 50 skilled people okay. and we take them for 14 days. We provide the food and lodging and we renovate a facility like we did for Elijah Rising for free mm-hmm. so they can do what God has called them to do. We know what we do well. We we build things with our hands. Sure. So now on our rebuilding trips for the disaster side, we take skilled and less skilled people. Yes. For the sex trafficking arm side, where we renovate facilities, again, at 8dieselhope.com, learn more about it. We take skilled volunteers only. That's right. So when, when I go, and I did in Indianapolis, Mike, they allowed me to paint because that's something I can do. But when the painting was done, they said, like, Steve, you got to leave. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm the founder. They're like, it doesn't matter, you got to leave. No. Um, but for more information about you getting involved, the listener, to come alongside the Elijah Risings of America Go to Safe House or email us at safehouse at 8daysofhope.com. Just tell us your skill set, your name, your phone number. We'll have your email address. And we will contact you anytime that God opens up a door for us to serve somebody like Elijah Rising. The need is huge. Sure. When we come back in just a minute, we're going to talk to uh, Micah, Micah Gamboa, again, ElijahRising.org. Elijah Rising is the name of the ministry. We're going to talk to her about two things in the the next segment. We're going to talk a little bit about the museum that you have in Houston and how that's making an impact. And then, Micah, again, not a great, fun thing to talk about, but I want to really learn from you and pick your brain about how porn is contributing to this problem called sex trafficking. Now, again, if you're a parent and you're driving down the road and your kids are in the backseat, we're not going to cross any lines. But we think it's wise for us to educate uh, what is why this 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 sure. craziness of a situation is growing so fast around the world. Hey, you're listening to Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. We'll be back in just a minute. Eight Days of Hope is supported by a combination of donations from listeners and business partners like Provia. Provia is a manufacturer of residential doors, windows, siding, stone, and metal roofing. Provia is committed to serving their customers and sharing Christ in order to let our light shine before others so they may see our good works and give glory to our Father who is in heaven. More about Provia and their products at provia.com. Here's Steve Tiber, president of Eight Days of Hope. The fastest growing crime in America and across the world is sex trafficking. We're talking about millions of lives, even children. Did you know the average age of a child who's trafficked in America is 12 years old? Eight Days of Hope has decided to be a part of the solution with the body of Christ around the country. It's amazing to think that there's 13,000 animal shelters in our country, and that's a good thing, but there's less than 1,000 safe places for people who've been rescued from sex trafficking to go to. I know it's not a fun subject to talk about, but God has called the church to take its blinders off and end this human tragedy. 
At 8 Days of Hope, we're going to partner with an existing ministry, and for 14 days, we'll bring skilled volunteer professionals to renovate, rebuild, or remodel facility so that more can be rescued and receive the emotional, physical, and spiritual help they need. For more information on how you can get involved with our Safe House construction ministry, please email us at safehouse at 8daysofhope.com or go to our website, 8daysofhope.com. Welcome back to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Steve Tiber hanging out with Mike Fiala with our guest, Micah Gamboa, the executive director of Elijah Rising. And Micah, thank you so much for taking some time with us today. Before we get into the museum and um, talk a little bit about how porn is contributing to sex trafficking, not only in America, but around the world, um, I know that you do some intervention uh, with with your ministry, explain to the listeners how that works with Elijah Rising. Yeah, I would love to. Um, it, you know, COVID has thrown a wrench in the system, but mm-hmm. <laughs> typically, and um, you know, we've continued our interventions in a, like with small trusted allies um, during this time. Um, but essentially, it's this: we take a team of people, usually a small team, trained um, to go into these places where we know that women and children, sometimes men, are being uh, sold and exploited. So that would look like an illicit massage parlor brothel. So uh, a brothel that's actually fronting as something else, like a massage parlor or a lingerie mm-hmm. modeling or something like that. Um, we go out on the street. We go into hotels and motels where we know women are being exploited and sold. Um, and then we go into strip clubs, we go into cantina brothels, which are Latin American brothels. So Houston, unfortunately, has this spectrum of all of these options (laughs) to Mm. do uh, outreach to. And so we not only go to provide uh, tangible needs, so like warm clothes um, in the wintertime, you know, socks or whatever, uh, cozy shoes in the winter, um, because they're out walking on the street on like, anyways, it's, it's, there's there's no protection from the elements, let's just say that. So we want to provide tangible needs, food, water, um, uh, sustenance, you know, things like that, Um, hygiene products, things like that. Um, But we also provide um, a touch point, right? So there's a relationship, there's one relationship in this person's life that's non-abusive, that's um, non-coercive, and they know that we're a safe person. Um, so that's, that's number one. Number two is that we provide them a way out. So there's a, a hidden number in some of the materials that we give them. Um, and we tell them, Hey, when you're ready or when you have a chance, when there's a break, you know, in the clouds, call this number 
and we can come to you in the next, wow. in like 30 minutes, an hour, and we can help get you out. We'll extract you. We'll take you somewhere safe. Awesome. You'll get all the need, all your needs covered. Wow. So that's generally what intervention looks like. It's incredible. Um, yeah, we have some amazing, amazing God called people to do that work. See, I, I understand just about everything you've said, but g- give me a little of an experience of walking into a brothel or walking into a strip club. I mean, you have, what do you have a team of five, six, ten people, and what's that experience? You know, it varies, right? Um, but strip clubs are usually pretty easy. We send in women only to strip clubs, um, maybe in a team of three to five at the most. Um, they take a little bit more time to, you know, for the bouncers to like warm up to us before they okay. let us in. But once they let us in, then it's, it's actually really easy outreach. You go in, pray for the women, you listen to the women, see what their needs are. But typically, they're very open. They're okay. very open. And they're like, why are you here? You know, why is the church here with us? They, there's Incredible. an amazing openness there. Um, so it's a really, I think that that's one of the low-hanging fruit places that you can, you know, as the right. church can go into. Um, out on the street, it's it's a little different because women are being forced to walk up and down the street, sometimes with very little clothing on, you know, doing their job, essentially. And they have pimps. They have pimps that are watching them, mm. making sure that they do their job. And so it's a little bit more nuanced. We make sure that we don't put them in any more danger than they already are. Um, But we've had so many amazing encounters, and I think some of the best encounters are when survivors um, who have, you know, come out of the life and and gone through um, some kind of restoration process go out with us because they can speak to the women. That's right. I mean, Mm. it it is amazing the stories that, you know, you come out with because— um, yeah, because they've been they've walked in their shoes, right? Mm. They've been on the other side, right. and now right. it's this woman going. I see that there's actually hope on the other side. Mm. Um, but men, women, all all adults of all ages, right, can go out on the street. It's mm. it's as, it's as hard as starting up a conversation with a stranger. That's the hardest part. I really feel like Mike. We could have like four weeks in a row with Micah because there's Absolutely. so many questions that I I'm even <laughs> thinking through, and I know that we're we're up to some type of a time constraint today. But you're listening to Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. We're talking to Mike Gamboa, the executive director of Elijah Rising, one of many ministries across the country trying their best to make a difference for those rescued from sex trafficking. Again, thank you for joining us. Pray, volunteer, donate if you are skilled with your hands and you want to help. Eight Days of Hope in 2021 as we renovate facilities around the country for free. It is free to go serve with us. We're, we'll put you up. We'll, we'll feed you really good. Uh, email us at safehouse at 8 I love what Micah said in the beginning, Mike. It all starts with prayer. Right. We need prayer warriors to be That's praying right. for Micah, her family, mm-hmm. for the staff of, of Elijah Rising, to be praying for the leaders of 8 Days of Hope, the volunteers, to pray for the finances right. that Elijah Rising needs to, to, to raise, ElijahRising.org if you want to donate. Uh, the finances that 8 Days of Hope has to raise, you can do that at 8daysofhope.com. Pray, volunteer, and donate. But but again, just because of the time element, I'm going to very quickly go down, and I want to talk for a couple of minutes about the museum in Houston, um, uh, Micah. So tell the listeners a little bit about the museum, and what was the goal of setting up the museum? What was the, the thought behind that museum, and of course, where it's at? Yeah, so um, we, we had the privilege, I guess, <laughs> to uh, help 
uh, turn over or flip a couple of, of brothels in the Houston area. So that means that one, we turned uh, into from a brothel into our headquarters. This was years ago. Uh, we're no longer in that location, but uh, it was very seedy, very brothel-esque, if you will. We didn't right. have a days of hope to come and renovate. So, sure. uh, it was all the same. But um, we realized that people, you know, obviously didn't know what the inside looks like, right? Um, it, this is a different um, group, a different population. You don't live in their shoes. So um, we, we were in that space, and we already were doing band tours and stuff. And so people are walking in going, oh, wow, I, I had no idea. And those were just blank rooms. And so when we kept going, we kept flipping, helping uh, landowners to, to evict tenants and close down brothels, um, we were left, or they were left, with all of these artifacts, if you will, or these items that people, you know, um, the brothel would leave behind. And so we just had the idea, let's fill up some of those rooms with these artifacts and mm. recreate these spaces so people can really see the tangible realities wow. of what's happening down the street mm. without being grotesque, you know, sure, and sure, all of that. So, sure. um, uh, so we did that. We recreated a cantina room, which is like Latin American again. We recreated a uh, Asian brothel room. Um, and, and on and on. And so our, you know, in the beginning, though, our heart, I really felt like the Lord was saying, uh, the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. And so we created this whole segment of the museum, um, capturing uh, stories and testimonies from the field of anti-trafficking work from believers, and the victories that they had seen, and the, the breakthroughs through prayer, fasting, and outreach. And so I felt like the Lord was saying, you know, just testify of what I've done in the past, because I will do it again. Um, And it's through normal people, you know, people like you and me who honestly in their journals were like, I don't know what I'm doing. Sure, (laughs) sure, sure. I saw a breakthrough. Now, now where is the museum located and what are the hours? Okay, great question. So we've had to close down the museum during COVID. Um, We we did reopen. Uh, All that to say, we're actually moving locations. Okay. Um, So we had the privilege this year, uh, in the midst of a crazy year, to be able to purchase a building that's going to expand our space, not just the museum space. Fantastic. I know, but um, museum space, and then we will be able to be on a social enterprise where we. provide occupational skills for the residents that love we serve. That. And so we'll have an expanded social enterprise program as well as after post-graduation care for women that we're serving too. So Fantastic. all that to say, that's in the works. Um, yep. It probably will be late 2021, early 2022. Well, again, if you go to ElijahRising.org, I know that they update that website on a regular basis and you'll be in the loop. Mm-hmm. Again, ElijahRising.org. We only got a couple minutes left, uh, Micah. And again, we're going to be careful here because I know that there's families out there listening on the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, smartphones, you know, and I have here, you know, I have five kids, and and you know, my my two youngest now are seventeen, fifteen. You know, they both have had smartphones for I think a year, maybe mm-hmm. eighteen months, and and smartphones and access to the internet, porn is really on a runaway freight train, not only in America across mm-hmm. the the world. How much does pornography have a part in? what's going on with the uh, explosion of sex trafficking? Yeah, in my humble opinion, I mean, there are studies that will back this up, but I think porn is the driver of sex trafficking demand. Mm, Um, When you look at individuals have been convicted of um, like sexually deviant behavior, 
I, it's almost a hundred percent of them have an addiction to pornography. Oh, um, and so you have to, you have to go, wait a minute. <laughs> like, and we know that there's a, a psychological effect called the escalation dynamic right. where mm-hmm. you start in pornography, you start maybe soft core pornography, sure. and then you turn to hardcore pornography, then, you, then it's deviant or child yeah. pornography, and oh, then wow. you turn into buying. And because those things are not no longer satisfactory, you know that the way that the brain works, the dopamine release, the serotonin, all that stuff that gets released, that rush whenever you have a high from watching pornography, you have to find more and more deviant types of pornography, yeah. not just more. You don't have to consume more pornography, like, oh, it's one hour, now it's five hours. It's more, more, and, more right. and more violent, deviant pornography. Very similar to other addictions, Mike, where mm-hmm. your, your, your latest high has got to be your biggest and best, right? I mean, it, it kind of starts mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. In, in a smaller scale, not, not saying that that's right, but but then it escalates. You know you be, you know mm-hmm. it's an alcoholic. It's yeah. a gambling addict. You know you bet twenty five hours a game, and then six months later, you know just to get the thrill, you're at a thousand hours a game, even though you mm-hmm. don't have the money. And sure. you know it's 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 that runaway freight train. Um, I know you got a question, Mike, and I know we're about out of time. But no, I'm just um, uh, just a qu- comment. I never knew that that it was that you know the serotonin that you mentioned, yeah. but it, what it does to the brain. I'm learning something today, hmm. and which which is you know, folks, we got to hear this listen to this and then react to this because this is this this is yeah. yeah and i know we're in a pandemic and so things are different right now and again if you don't feel comfortable traveling the country with with eight days of hope the first six months of the year or maybe the whole year uh, we respect that but again to be in the loop of what we're doing go to our website sign up for our email alerts or you can email us at safehouse at eight days more information about Elijah Rising, go to ElijahRising.org. Is there a way that people can donate online or become monthly partners, Micah? Yes, uh, there is. It's ElijahRising.org um, or ElijahRising.org slash donate. If you go to our website uh, landing page, there's a there's a button up there at the right mm-hmm. uh, top right, I believe. So, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, monthly partnership, I'm sure you guys feel the same way, mm-hmm. um, is such an incredible way that it sustained is. giving, even if it's five dollars a month literally um you know we cannot do this work y'all can't do the work that you do without partners and so we are so honored um i I feel like it's two sides of the same coin like we're linking arms with those people out there and we're doing this work together it's not elijah rising doing this work we are doing this work together Mm. i normally ask you to pray mike i'm gonna can I can I pray today? Please I mean, do. I, I, yeah, I, I just, definitely. You know, I'd, I'd I'd love to, Michael. Thank you first of all. Thank yes, you so much yes. for who you are in Jesus. Thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, love you and your husband. Uh, love the team there at Elijah Rising. I mean, listeners, and I know people are listening in Texas and they're listening in Arkansas, in 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 that region of the country. Go to ElijahRising.org. Put them on your prayer list on on the refrigerator in your Bible. Look for ways to volunteer either with Eight Days of Hope. Uh, consider a donation, a one-time donation. Uh, become a monthly partner of Elijah Rising and or Eight Days of Hope uh, because what they're doing, um, they're being literally the hands and feet truly of Jesus right. to those who don't know Jesus, mm-hmm. to those who have gone through traumatic situations and, and whose lives have been turned upside down sometimes to no fault of their own. That's right. And, and and we need more Elijah Risings in the world. But Micah, let me pray. Father, thank you so much for mm-hmm. Micah. Thank you for her husband, for the staff there at Elijah Rising. Thank you for the passion that you have put in her heart for those um, 
who are brokenhearted. Mm. Father, guide her, guide the board of Elijah Rising as they continue to navigate during a pandemic, as they continue to plan and think about 2021 and beyond. Father, I pray that as we're better together, that you would continue to connect your dots, your people with like-minded minds, with like-minded hearts to bring hope to those who are feeling hopeless. Bless Elijah Rising. Mm. Bless them, Father. Bless them with finances, with prayer worries, mm. with volunteers, with community partners, with corporate partners. That's right. Keep Micah safe, Lord. Keep that team healthy. That's right. Help them, Lord, as they continue to love those in need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Micah, we're going to come down and see you in 2021. I'm going to bring my daughter down. She's going to be joining the 8 Days of Hope team. She's going to become our Safe House Ministry Director later this year. And um, oh. I can't wait for her to meet you as equal, as excited for you to meet her as well. But um, mm-hmm. thank Absolutely. you so much for thank what you, you do, girl. We, we appreciate thank you. Thank you for having yes. me. Well, we love you guys. Thank you all so much. Micah Gamboa with Elijah Rising. God bless you, girl. Happy New Year, too, by the way. Thanks. You, right. too. Take care. Wow, Mike. Mm-hmm. And I know we only have a minute and a half here, but... Again, we could have her on every week. Fantastic. What they are doing, Mm. they're making a huge difference to those in need with sex trafficking. You can't say it. They got hands-on. I mean, between, like we always say, it starts with prayer, powerful, powerful prayer. But the the awareness, the way they're approaching awareness, it's hands-on. Intervention, as she talked about. Those van tours, the museum, what they're doing, the facilities that 8 Days of Hope help build. Again, go to 8daysofhope.com. Just submit your email address. Gosh, just do that, and we'll let you know whenever we go somewhere. You know, in February, we're going to be in Tupelo, Mississippi area, northeast Mississippi, and we're looking for some drywall uh, experts, some people that know how to paint. Uh, We already have about 45. We're looking for about five more. Again, email us at safehouse at 8daysofhope.com. And lastly, become a monthly partner. Join up with 8 Days of Hope. This is what God has called us to do. Natural Mm. disasters and human disasters. Go to the website and you can give $5 a month, $20 a month, whatever you can do. Uh, The need is real. Wow. What a show today. Yeah. I tell you, I got educated myself on many things. But, uh, you know, something that, like I said, is little steps. Yeah. Take the little Amen. steps. Don't feel like you're going to be able to, you know, not hit the home run the first time, but uh, there's a start. Get in the game. Pray, volunteer, donate. ElijahRising.org, 8daysofhope.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. Mike, appreciate you, brother. Love you so much. Um, Happy New Year to all of our listeners. My name is Steve Tiber, hanging out with Mike Fiella. Again, more information about the ministry, go to 8daysofhope.com. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You've been listening to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of 8 Days of Hope. Thanks for listening to Hope Reigns from 8 Days of Hope. Come back next week for more God-sized stories from across the country. To listen to this or a previous episode of Hope Reigns, please visit our show archive at 8daysofhope.com.